0: Well, good morning church i'm so excited that i get to be talking about ruth chapter 3 verses 1 through 9 with you today and if you've been along on this journey with us you've probably noticed that throughout the book of ruth we've been drawn into the story of multiple characters and the main ones here are ruth naomi and boaz now what i've been thinking about because I've grown up in church is that I know this story very well, because it's been told to me time and time again. But sometimes when we hear a Bible story over and over again, we start to simplify it and we just read on the surface level instead of really digging in and really trying to recognize how this applies to us, how this applies to our hearts. And that can be a beautiful thing to recite a story, just like it was the back of your hand. But today, I kind of wanted to go a little deeper than just the surface of what we're reading in Ruth. I wanted to talk about how Ruth is not just a nice character in the Bible, but she is someone who reflects all of our stories as a redeemed people. And it just so happens that Ruth is one of my favorite books because it tells a story about a woman who has found herself in a life that she didn't pick. I don't know about you, but I have found myself in a life that I didn't pick. And Ruth, she's got a dead husband, no children, and she's a foreigner in a strange land who's just suffering through poverty, struggling to make ends meet day in and day out. But here in this passage, I think we start to see that things are changing for Ruth. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So I'm gonna go ahead and read it for us. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law said to her, my daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz whose servant girls you have been A kinsman of ours, tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. So here we're seeing that Naomi is saying the same thing that she told Ruth in chapter one. She's saying, you need to find rest in the home of a husband who will provide for you. I think that by this time, Naomi and Ruth were tired they've lived through death, they've lived through poverty. They've just spent days and days struggling. And we know that because this is this is what what we're at the point where they're threshing wheat and they started this book at the harvest. That's been seasons from autumn to spring. They're tired. The point is they're tired of struggling. And I'm tired. I would guess you're tired too because life is hard and it rarely looks the way that we've ever hoped or expected it to. But in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says something to us. He says something to those of us who are feeling tired. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's a place for us to go to find rest. Jesus calls out to us. He says, come sit at my feet. I will take all the uncertainty. I will take all the hardship of your life, and you will find rest here with me. This is essentially what Naomi was hoping for when she was encouraging Ruth to find another husband. Naomi was looking for rest because if Ruth was taken care of, Naomi would be taken care of too. So she begins coaching Ruth on all of the Israelite customs. She's telling Ruth to wash up, change her clothes, put on perfume, basically make herself look nice, right? But this isn't, this isn't how I was taught it is. I was taught that she was basically being schooled in how to seduce a man. That's not the case. The things that she's telling Ruth to do is kind of like the, the customs. It's the Israelite customs of the day. It's how a younger woman was going to propose to an older man like Boaz. Naomi took responsibility as a mother to teach her daughter how to walk in the commands of the Lord. And this is a beautiful example of discipleship. Naomi sees that Ruth is ready to take off her morning clothes and move into something better, something deeper. And how does Ruth respond to Naomi telling her to do these things? She says, I will do whatever you say. I don't think that this was easy for Ruth to just completely submit herself to the instructions of her mother-in-law. I, I think that the clothing, the morning clothes that she was wearing represented an identity that she had taken on because she'd been wearing these clothes for so long that it was just how she lived her day-to-day life, you know, like she goes to the fields, she's wearing the morning clothes, she comes back, she goes to bed, they're right there when she wakes up in the morning, it's just what she wore. It was comfortable and it was familiar for her. And I think that not only did she have to go through the physical act of changing her clothes and washing herself and um kind of just begin to choose a new lifestyle, she had to physically, step by step, take herself to the threshing floor. Now, the threshing floor is a place where the grain was separated by the hard outer shell by being crushed. And it wasn't a gentle process, it it took work. It took It took a lot of crushing, a lot of working it. And even though Ruth was accustomed to carrying really heavy loads of grain from, from, from the field to her house every day. Uh, I, think, I think this walk that she had to take from her house to the threshing floor might have been the most difficult thing that she had to do for a while. She must have been carrying fear. I know I would be. Doubt. I think she just had these ideas in her head that she had developed about her identity as a widow, um, as a poor woman, as someone who didn't necessarily belong in that land. And that kind of baggage is really hard to put down. I'm wondering if you've ever found yourself in that position. Have you ever had someone encourage you onto the threshing floor? Has there ever been someone who sees that Maybe it's time for you to, to take on a little more from the Lord. Maybe it's time for you to put something down that you shouldn't be carrying. Has anyone ever called you out of the pain of your past so that God could remove the hard parts of your heart? I've had a lot of people who do that for me, have done that for me, and continue to do that for me. And I welcome, I welcome that kind of relationship. And I think that that's why Ruth did this. She welcomes that kind of relationship. She wanted Naomi to speak into her. I'm wondering, what is it that you're carrying with you that maybe you need to take to the threshing floor? I know some of the things that I've had to lay down at the feet of Jesus is shame from choices that have left me feeling worthless, doubt because of labels that have been cast upon me, Labels that I've taken upon myself and fear because I just, I just didn't know how things were going to work out. Sometimes I still don't know how things are going to work out. I think that's, that's maybe where Ruth was right now. It's not easy to go to the threshing floor, but it's worth it. So here Ruth finds herself in this weird position, right? She's probably watching people celebrate the end of the harvest. She's waiting for Boaz to finish what he was there to do. And scripture tells us that Boaz was in good spirits. So what this means to me is that he just completed a long, probably satisfying day of hard physical labor. He eats a really great meal and he's ready to go to sleep. And what Ruth knows she has to do once he lays down to sleep is she has to uncover his feet. I don't really have a thing for feet. So that's funny to me. I just laugh every time I read that. But this is essentially back then was a marriage proposal. And after she does this, she has to wait in the dark. She waits in the dark for Boaz to take notice. And she waits in the dark to find out how this man will receive her. And once again, I'm imagining what Ruth might have felt like because of how I've felt before. I think she's just wondering, what, what's gonna happen to my future? Is he even gonna want me or, or is this gonna ruin what I've already had? I've already been at his field. He's already given me enough. It, what's gonna happen if he sees me here? What is Ruth gonna say to Boaz when he wakes up and finds her there? I, she's just sitting at his bare feet. Is is he is he even gonna want her? If I was Ruth, I would have covered his feet back up and ran away. That's what I would have done. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have I wouldn't have played it. So, lucky for us, right? We'll find out when the story when this story ends. We'll find out why we're so lucky. Ruth didn't. But, I think a lot of people wonder those things that Ruth wondered about Jesus. Is Jesus going to want me after everything I've already done? Or what if I want Jesus, but he finds out what kind of person I am? Is he still going to take me? Those are heavy questions. Those are things I think I think we all wonder, right? Does Jesus want me after all of this? And what if he takes me and then I keep going back to the old habits. I keep doing the same things over and over again. Is he going to keep me? So in the middle of the night, something startles Boaz and he wakes up and he says, who are you? And this is how Ruth responds. She just says, I am your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. That's all she had. The only thing she had was herself. And that's all she could offer Boaz. But she did it with humility. She did it with submission. And so Ruth had come to a place in her life where she was willing to lay everything she was at the feet of the person who could redeem her life and her worth. And so at this point, it's starting to sound like a salvation message, like, hey, come to Jesus and he's gonna save you. But it's more than that. This is a message of surrender. Philippians chapter two, verse 12, it tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And the literal way that this passage is interpreted in um, ancient documents is, do the work or business of your lives with fear and trembling. And that's all that Ruth was doing up to this point. She was just going about her business. She was just getting food for, for her daily provisions, but she was doing it under the care and provision of Boaz. And this is where we find if he's going to bring her into rest within his shelter. She was working out her salvation day to day in all of her mundane, in all of her struggle. She was working it out. And so I wonder, are you there, church? Have you laid yourself down at the feet of the one who can redeem your life? Have you laid yourself down at the feet of the one who can give you worth? Have you brought all of your scars? All of your failings? Have you brought all of you? And so this is where we stop in this passage. Ruth has proposed marriage to Boaz. So we have to wait until next week to find out what happens. Except we don't, because if you want to know, you can read ahead, right? I like to sit on it though. I like to sit on it. What's going to happen? What is Boaz going to do? We already know that Jesus will receive us. And we know that Jesus has already received us. He takes us out of the margins of our lives and He speaks life and purpose into us. He calls us out of the pain and hardship of what we've experienced and what we've done in our past so that we can find rest within him. Well, what it takes is just laying all that we are, our brokenness, our failures, and our successes, at the feet of Jesus. And so here, I'm going to pray for you. And if, if you're with friends or family, or if you're just watching um, alone at home, you can hold out your hands if, if you'd like and just allow the Holy Spirit to show you the things that you might be holding on to. Because I think there's things that we could all surrender. And so why don't you just, just just ask him, what is it, Jesus, that you want to take from me? Hey, Papa. Thank you for speaking life and hope into us. And thank you Thank you that you know we are worth your life. And thank you that you know that even before we do, even before we could see ourselves the way you see us, even before we've even been redeemed, you came and you rescued us. And I just ask that we would walk in that. I ask that we would walk in our salvation, that we would just walk in our purpose and that all of it would not be because we're trying to earn something, but that we already know, we already know how good you've made us, and we just want to give it back to you. In your name I pray, amen.